Hey, 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 everybody. Welcome back to another edition of What You Spinning. This is episode 29. We are officially one week away from the next themed episode of the show, which is going to be our uh, Outcast episode, which I am so fucking stoked for. Uh, Jacob, how are you doing, man? I know you've been a little under the weather. You doing okay today? I'm all right, yeah. Um, yeah. I'm doing much better. I was yeah. sick most of the week, but right now it's just congestion and a cough, but I'm feeling good, feeling a lot better. So. Hell yeah. Good, good. Good, good. And Matt, it's been a while since you and I chatted. How you doing, man? Doing well. Nothing new over here. Just another day in the life. But things are good. Things are good. That's what's up, man. That's what's up. Uh, we're going to go ahead and kick uh, episode 29 off talking about my album. Which was Further Adventures of Lord Quaz by Quasimodo. Uh, super stoked to bring this artist up again on the cast. Uh, I know it's kind of weird, you know, I brought up brought up Damn a little bit ago, revisited Kendrick Lamar, but I have a lot of duplicate albums, so that's going to happen. You know, I'm going to slowly pepper in my duplicates over the little bit of time or over the over the episodes. But uh, released in 2005, as I said, uh, super unique album. Uh, one of my personal favorites. I actually own two different uh, medias of it. I own the vinyl and the cassette for it. Uh, but what do you all have to say about it? Uh, for me, it was my first introduction to Mad Lib and Quasimodo and that whole uh, genre, in, in a sense. Uh, very uh, experimental, you know. It's his alter ego. Uh, it was a fun album from start to finish for me. When you brought up the album cover, I found out some more stuff about the album cover. There's kind of a throwback to Frank Zappa on the album cover from his album Freak Out. You look on the album cover, there's somebody saying Freak Out in the corner there. Yep. Thought that was pretty clever. That's kind of a throwback to Frank Zappa. Um, and I just like... Uh, the way he rhymes and he's just kind of just making fun of gangster rap and making fun of the things that people rap about nowadays or not nowadays but maybe in general um and it's just a fun listen you know it's he's got the high-pitched use on his alter ego uh lord quaz and uh it was just fun all around i liked it yeah madlib man the beat conductor dude madlib. for real madlib is a fucking genius dude um I brought this up earlier, but I was looking into because I had more free time this week and I was listening to some of his interviews that he was doing. Mm -hmm. uh, and his name is like like an acronym for mind altering demented lessons in beats. Um, Damn, which is really, really fucking cool. Um, and he seems like a really chill dude and like real down to earth. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, this is a 
it's one of his alter egos, uh, Quasimodo, that um, this came out, like, right after uh, Mad Villain. Um, mm-hmm. And at that time, he was, like, very experimenting with his beats and, like, going out of the box. And he was very different for, from other producers. Um, like, if you want to think about it, like, Premiere, um, like, all those 2000s, um, Kanye you could throw in there, like, all these, like, old-school, like, hip-hop uh DJs and he was really kind of out there and this is very experimental for what he was doing at that time too very much so and you bring up an excellent point with like the timeline of it with it coming out uh, right after Mad Villainy because Mad Villainy was such a such one such an iconic album as we've discussed on the show uh, to to extent but also for Mad Lib, that's like the iconic album for both Doom and Mad Lib uh, from a rapping standpoint and a production standpoint. And also to shout it out, to also tie it in further than Mad Lib being on it, there is a Quasimodo feature on it. There's two Quasimodo features on that album. And uh, you bring up an excellent point. He did the he did that, and then a year later was doing Further Adventures of Lord Quaz. He was, uh, that was also around the time he started doing Yesterday's New Quintet, which is like his more jazz oriented uh, kind of alter ego. Because Mad Lib's got a shit ton of alter egos, and that's one of them is oh, yeah. uh, Yesterday's New Quintet. And so you can hear even, you can hear the influences of Mad Villain outside of the Mad Villain feature on it. And uh, the Yesterday's New Quintet quintet as to how experimental this album comes to be toward the end of it you know yeah Yeah. and then another cool thing too that he has a a doom feature on this and then also Mm -hmm. med feature on this which exactly it's really cool that he ended up making another full album with med um like in the recent years like in 2014 i want to say which is also fucking fantastic album one of my that's one of my favorite madlib projects is that med album I want to I want to bring that album up, but yeah, it's it's really crazy that all these beats, um, it's very experimental. It's him really going out of the box. Um, one of the first ones that comes to me is Greenery, um, just because that yeah. beat in itself, the first like opening beat is really fucking good, and then <clears throat> excuse me, but he always, a lot of producers do this, but I feel like Madlib a lot. They'll like pepper in a beat here and there, like especially on that song. Um, the first beat is really good, and then at the end of the song, like the last twenty seconds, fifteen seconds, he throws in a beat that it sounds. I think of it just like Curtis Mayfield, like it's very like soulful, oh, yeah. very funky. Um, that he brings that up, and it's just like peppered in, just like, hey, I can put this beat in here, but it's just a, it's just fifteen seconds, just a little taste, you know, like. That, for other producers, that'd be a whole song. But he was like, no, nah, I'm just going to put it in, just season it a little bit, just, you know. And if he would have made that a song, it would have been so fucking badass. But um, he does that a lot. He'll pepper in, like, beats here and there. He does that in a couple other songs. Like, he'll add in, a, like, a second beat on the last, like, five seconds of it. Just because he can, you know. It's like a little flex that he does. But... Another kind of thing that I dig about damn near any, uh, like, I feel like an alter ego 
when it's a well-renowned artist, you know, such as Mad Lib, any album that that alter ego puts out is really a concept album because you have to put yourself in the mentality of that, of that character. You know, it's like when we listened, uh, when we covered Vaudeville Villain by Victor Vaughn, and, you know, we compared that to the Mad Villain thing off of Mad Villainy, and, you know, it's same, same, but different in that sense. Uh, but Quasimodo to Mad Lib is very different, you know, so you have to kind of put yourself. So that's why I consider all three of these albums he did to be concept albums. And the interesting thing I find with this one is that it's like the first six to eight tracks ish. It's telling a story, you know, it's got the bully shit like tie you up to the back of my car, uh, you know, and then greenery with like the smoke shop little skit that's kind of interpolated in with the song. And then after that is really when uh, you see Mad Lib start to really just go off with the beats. Like there's a hell of a lot more uh, guitar samples in it in that second half, uh, just going all over the place. And it really speaks to how well-rounded of a of an artist he is, but also to just like how interesting this album is because it catches your ear with those first with the first track, and then after that, you know, you get like a good sampling of something like that and then it expands off of it and goes in various places yeah that song too especially uh main girl same thing yeah and the ending beat of it is like a whole nother song that he could have made yeah. for a song itself like whenever producers do that like it it's cool but it's also like oh why are you doing that like you could have just made this another song you know um yeah but yeah, a lot of these songs are really cool. The MED song is fucking really good. Um, I like that Quaz. He always does that, that he has like a low pitch and then a high pitch. And then it sounds like it's two people just rapping, but yeah. it's just one person. And, um, and it's, it's real cool. And I love that, too. And the thing that really makes me love it even more is that it's Mad Lib's actual voice and Quasimodo, which is also just him. Like yeah. it's just it's like, like, said, they're, like they're, going, they're like going back and forth with each other. It's great. It's great. Yeah. yeah. Hey, where's Quasi? And then they do like Quasimodo's girlfriend in there at one point. Like, yeah. It's just it's just so silly, but it's like so well executed to where it's actually fucking awesome, in my opinion at least. Like I'm a I'm a huge Quasimodo fan, and we were talking about the album cover uh, just a couple seconds ago, and. I love when multiple versions of an album have different covers. Like I said earlier, I own the vinyl of this and the cassette tape. And I honestly forgot I owned the cassette until I was helping my grandma clean out her house. And she like held it up. She's like, what is this? Do you want this? And I was like, oh, holy oh, yeah. fuck. <laughs> yes, I need I need that. I fucking forgot I had that. It was the only cassette I've ever bought. And I, because I couldn't find one of those like Radio Shack uh, jacks that was like the auxiliary cord into a cassette tape. Oh yeah, yeah. And and I was getting into Quaz and Doom and everything, and I found that tape for like nine dollars at House of Records or some shit. And now it sits on my desk at work. And nice. as y'all can see, I'll I'll put the cover up on the over the screen. But like, there's Quaz right there, and he's like, he's got a cigarette in his mouth, but it's not lit on the 
cassette version, it's just that panel of Quaz leaning out the window, but the cigarettes being smoked, and it's dark, so it's all like the building's all blue looking, and there's smoke billowing out. It's fucking tight. Uh, And then the instrumental version that you can also find on Wax is uh, a view from the inside of the house looking out. That's right. I forgot about that. Yeah. So it's like the it's a night it's a night view of the room that he's in, and it's just the back of Quaz smoking that cigarette, and then it's just like all dark in the room and outside. And then it's 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 cool. Also, looking at it now too, Mm -hmm. um, you can see donuts on one side of the windows, and then another one you see the car of the unseen. I don't know if she caught that. Also, really cool. Um, but there's actually recently, uh, within the last couple, I think last year or two years ago, they made another alternate cover to this album, which I sent you guys a picture of. It's like, uh, the Sgt. Peppers, but it's all just like photos of like Mad Lib and other, uh, like rappers. There's like, um, fucking, I was just looking at this. Mr. T is in there for some reason. That's really uh, funny. Mr. T, Tupac, Big T. <laughs> Um, De La Soul, like there's I like everyone, and it's it's really cool, really fucking badass. No, it's legit, and uh, that's like that's just something cool, you know, to look at an album that's been released on multiple formats, yeah. and kind of see something like that. And also the instrumental cover of the album. This will this will perk your ear, Jacob. Go look at the instrumental cover for this album, and then go look at the cover of Bandana by Mad Lib and Freddie. Yeah, Gibbs. I was gonna bring that up. It's the I was same. Like, it's yeah, I was gonna bring that up. I didn't know if if, if like I if that was factual, but I have seen that cover of Bandana and how it's like kind of the same like universe. Yeah, like, they're they're many buildings and then like everything. Yeah, the only thing different is that I don't think in the instrumental cover you can see the the back of the Hollywood sign. But yeah, the bandana cover, it's Quasimodo on a zebra with like burning buildings. And you can see that in the instrumental one. Yep. Um, That's fucking dope. But Matt, but Matt, to speak on, you know, your your point that you brought up about the rhymes. Uh, is it just me or do, or when I listen to players of the game that fucking players of the game yeah. just gets stuck yeah, yeah. in my head for hours? Yeah, it does. Yes. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah that fucking song that song um i really like um fatbacks <laughs> yes Just the lyrics on fatbacks um <coughs> god yeah they're he's an honest man <laughs> mad lib's an honest yeah. man with that song <laughs> he's an honest man yeah. uh but also like i remember i was because last week when we met up, I had given him, I had given Matt a ride to your place, and you know, he mentioned to me, he's like, I haven't, I haven't heard Quasimodo, and I was like, all right, well, I'll put the album on when we drive home, and I remember we're like almost to Matt's house, and Don't Blink came on, and that line about like, uh, Quasimodo all around you like beaties, only the strong survive, so eat your Wheaties. And like every time yeah. I hear it, I fucking laugh out loud, and Matt did too at that time. And I was like, all right, bet. Like Matt's gonna really fucking dig this. Like, <laughs> yeah, no, Quas is great. Quas, all his three albums that he did is really fucking good. And it's, it's, yeah, 
Oh yeah. I'm, if that would have been around for yesterday, that would have been fucking dope. Honestly, with what we've been talking about, it, it might like he might just have to be forced to listen to it. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah, yeah. A little, hundred percent. Little, little wink, wink inside baseball. But um, <laughs> uh, let's go ahead and do top threes. I'll kick us off. Uh, I have uh, two honorable mentions off this album. Bartender say and players of the game, as I just mentioned, that that players of the game gets stuck in my head. Number three, I'm a huge Doom fan, so I had to go with Closer. Number two is Greenery, just because that thumpy bass line in it, and then I mentioned the smoke shop skit is unreal. And the number one is Don't Blink, which I also just mentioned. Those are my top three. Nice, very cool. I'll go. I'll go next. Uh, honorable mention. I like bully shit because of the thriller sample with Vincent Price's laugh in there. That's a great. Yeah. <laughs> uh, number three, shroom music. Uh, number two, greenery. It's a great lyric song all together. And then my top song was Hydrant Game. I really like that. That had me coming back to it over and over. Great pick. Yeah. Dude. Thank you, man. Greenery. Greenery is in my top three just because that ending dude that ending song whatever it is it's definitely here to say that is that the one that goes uh no maybe i don't know it's i don't know i'm gonna i'll have to listen back to it because i'm trying to think of what you're talking listen back to it you'll if you just hear the last like 15 seconds it sounds like exactly like curtis mayfield like that one album, uh, the music or the movie soundtrack that he did that one time. Oh, okay. Um, just like, yeah, yeah, Superfly. Just like that. Just like okay. that. Okay. Um, but yeah, Greenery, um, Bus Ride, because the beats on that are also like classic Mad Lib. Um, and then Mr. Two Faced. Mr. Two Faced was also really good. Real, real quick before we move on. Uh, speaking of bus ride, I like the "Hey, Mister, you wanna like just yeah. like that old man." And then the next, like it cuts in, and then it's like Quaz going like, "Hey, mind so showing a little bit of Christian kindness to me? I can show you the taste." Like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I love that shit. Like, Dude. that's that continuation of the characters. Like, this, there's so many different things and different characters going on in this that that's what really makes me appreciate this album uh obviously i love yes or whatever that's why i brought it up first but this is a strong second for me just because it's a full quaz album uh less than a compilation of like unreleased shit but yeah that that continuation of the story and the characters is really killer to me i just had to get that last bit in but let's go ahead and move on that was the further adventures of lord quaz by quasimodo my pick for this week Let's go ahead and introduce Jacob's pick. What do you got for us, mate? Yeah, so this week I was spinning some uh, Kokoroko. Um, it's their self-titled debut EP.
Um, it's not really an album. It's really short. It's only four tracks. Um, that's the back. Um, but yeah, four tracks. It's like 25 minutes long. Um, it's real short, but it's some really powerful 25 minutes. Um, definitely one of my more favorite groups to have come out. It came out in 2019. Um, and yeah, my, uh, this was actually a birthday present from my sister and my brother-in-law, uh, shout out. Um, and yeah, they kind of put me on to this and it's something that I'll listen to whenever I can, if it comes on, just cause it puts me in like a really happy, really good mood. Um, but yeah, Kokoroko, um, what are y'all guys' thoughts on it? For being a four track album, you know, under a half hour, it was amazing. You know, I was bumping it at work because it was accessible in that fashion. And people were just like, oh, what's this? I'm like, Kokoroku, baby. Yeah. You don't know? You don't know? Right. Uh, but it was fun. It was, it's an eight piece band, which is amazing. So there's a lot of musicians in the band. And it's led by a female artist, which yep. is great. Um, they're from London. Apparently, they're based in London. Um, I was a fan. It's just, it's very accessible. It's got the jazz Afrobeat kind of going on with it. Um, and it just makes you, it just makes you move. Any, anytime I hear a song or music that makes me move a little bit, I, I feel like it has an impact on my brain or my soul. And it, yeah. I'm instantly a fan of any music like that. So this is a great pick. Hell yeah. I didn't know it was eight people. Yeah. Yeah. Jesus Christ. That's unreal. I, there you know matt you kind of said it perfectly right there you know for only being a four track album uh or ep it's it goes it goes in like there's like literally from the start uh Adwa, like that bass line and then that sax player is making that saxophone scream like it's Dude, being tortured yeah. in the eighth layer of hell i <laughs> thought that shit was so rad i had to listen to that song like three times in a row i was like i just want to hear that <laughs> <laughs> that saxophone yeah. dude dude it's so it's so saxy dude it's saxy <laughs> the sax is so fucking good um i was like doing some like research on on these guys um as i always do um their their name kokoroko it's uh it means be strong um and it comes from uh urboho and it's a nigerian tribe and it's also like a language um which is really cool. Um, they they have like a lot of West African influence, like specifically West African Pentecostal churches, um, and also a lot of jazz influence. So that's kind of where the jazz Afrobeat comes in. Um, Adwa, the first song um, that we were just talking about, it's a uh, it's a uh, tied to uh, Ethiopian town um, that's also named Adwa, which is really cool. Um, but yeah, man, eight people on this album, it's insane how good they are. And yeah, when you hear it, it just kind of makes you want to like move, you know, like in some way you kind of want to like do something like it makes yeah. me feel really productive. I feel like I don't know. It's it's strange. Very much so. How did you how did you stumble upon these guys, Jake? Uh, my sister and brother in law, they gave this to me as a birthday present uh, last year. Um and it was uh it was at the time i think that it was snowing so i wasn't really doing a whole lot so i was just like listening to music and they gave they gifted me this and i was like all right i'll play this um i'll see what it is i didn't look anything up i was like this is what i have in front of me i'm just gonna listen to it and take it in um and man it was 
fantastic. I fell in love with them ever since. Um, like I remember it was snowy. I was just like staring outside my window, just like looking at the snow, like just just living in the in the in the moment. I don't know. Um, but yeah, it's it's fantastic how they're so like talented with their instruments and how they do it. Um, today, um, I really like that song. That's probably in my top three. There's only four tracks, so yeah, <laughs> it's like you're, you're, it's gonna be in your top three anyways. But um, yeah, it's like such an angelic guitar. Like it's such a calming uh, song because you just hear that bass come in at first, like dun dun, and then that guitar, and it's like very smooth and subtle. Um, the leading bass, the soft percussions on it, uh, and then that like soothing vocals that comes in at the end too, like um, the the female vocalist on it. Um, but yeah, I, I I could keep going on and on, man. I love this EP. I love this group. They just dropped the album. Uh, could we be more in August? Okay, uh, it's really good. So definitely check it out. Sim- similar sound to this album, or is it different? Or yeah, similar sound to this album. Um, okay. And it's it's real cool. Um, they X probably hopefully. Yeah, yeah. They were uh, they were named in 2020 uh, Urban Music. What is it? Urban Music Awards Best Group. Um, and they even did some shows in the UK, like for the BBC network and stuff, um, which is really cool. But hell yeah, um, I it's <clears throat> and to compare it to another album that you've brought up that this kind of reminded me of. Uh, just you know, we were just talking about like the musicianship behind these people, you know, and how just stupid talented they are. It brought me back to when you brought up uh, Kikigaku Moyo, and I was like. These are these are like two bands that like I had never heard of, you know, and then you listen to them and it's like, holy shit, these guys are fucking amazing. And it's like how it's like one of those things that it's, you know, like Matt and I, you and I have this conversation about floater all the time. It's like glad it's like kind of sucks that not more people know about them, but it's also kind of great because it makes us appreciate them more. Sure. And that was like the first thought I had when I listened to this the first time. I was like, oh, shit, these guys are like niche, like flash in the pan kind of like like super small followings of these bands but they're fucking phenomenal like yeah so i'm super glad that you brought this up yeah yeah it's it's crazy how like if especially if we don't like go out and look for it i wouldn't have found out of these guys like if they would have brought to my attention um right like I'm glad that I did because uh, it's, you know, I li- I'll listen to it if I'm like feeling down or if I'm just mm-hmm. like in the mood just to listen to something nice. Yeah. Um, this is really accessible to anyone if you hear it, like you could like it. Um, yeah. And yeah, it's it's great that it's so short too because it's so condensed that all the all the songs on it are good. Like, not, like there is no room for error on this, on this uh, like small, small, small track list. So. Um, same thing with Abuzi, uh, Abuzi Junction, that song. Um, it was crazy how popular it got. Um, I think on YouTube, it like initially got like 20, 20 million views or something. Like I was reading about that. Yeah, that's insane. Super quick. Yeah. And then I checked on it today, and it's at like 60 million. Like it's wow. fucking yeah, crazy. It's, just, it's, just, it's not a video, right? It's just a song? Like it's Yeah, it, it's, like a, it's like a video, but it's just like a still photo. And like okay. it's just the music behind it. Like it's, it's, it's like the weirdest thing. Um, to get that but many yeah. views, that's amazing. Yeah, 
fucking crazy. <laughs> but a lot more people have been like, um, like being like listening to these these people, and I mean, they deserve it. Like, mm-hmm. it's something that like artists that are smaller, you're you, like, yeah, like you said, you you like that you listen to them, and not everyone else does, but. You know, a part of you wants them to succeed and want them to get big because they deserve it. Like, so yeah, I agree. Uh, and to speak about uh, speaking of Abusey Junction, uh, that track when it started and like listening to it all the way through kind of threw me off at first. Like, because the rest of it, you know, you did say it like makes you want to be productive because it's like you know there's a lot going on in those first three tracks and then it just mellows out on the final track of the of the four and i was like okay like i kind of like this little mellow vibe like it's got a mellow vibe throughout but i was like oh this is like really nice and chill you know yeah yeah it, and then uh all, another song also uh uman um that's cool because it, it kind of feels like a celebration and there's um, a vocal in there i feel like they're saying that that lyric yeah, yeah they're saying that they're saying like the title track um it, it's kind of like it's kind of like a celebration and i was reading up on on like the back the backstory of it and it's like a celebration for like because the 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 artist like the main artist um she she's a woman um and she kind of explained this song being like a celebration for specifically like black uh, black women uh, which is really cool that she's like kind of speak in that especially for like african um like heritage um especially for black women because she felt that it was like necessary to bring it up especially because at this time she was talking a lot with her mother apparently um and that's a lot where her sound uh like her songwriting came to like with with her mom and stuff um but yeah it's one of my favorite eps for sure the album cover too and like even the artwork on it is really neat um like i could just look at it just stare at it like there's like butterflies and flowers and stuff like that so yeah it's really neat um top three tracks probably really easy because there's four (laughs) it's the same as when we did godspeed you black emperor dude it's like you're not trying to discredit the fourth track but top three is top three it's the rules of the game (laughs) yeah yeah if if I had to go top three, I'm doing um, for sure. My favorite is uh, Tide, just because it's so subtle and it's so good. I could listen to that and fall asleep to it. And yeah, I, I love that song, uh, Adwa, and then A Beauty Junction. But Uman is also really fucking good. So yeah, I'll go with the uh, honorable mention. Be the last track, A Beauty Junction, and then three Uman. Uh, two Adwa and then T-Day for my top track. Yeah. And I'm going to go basically the same as Jake, I think just in different order. Uh, Uman is my honorable mention. Abusey Junction, number three. Uman, number two. And then Adwa, number one. I just, I fell in love with that screaming saxophone the first time I heard it. Because, because just, just a little inside baseball on that. To get that sound, you have to play the fucking saxophone incorrectly. Like, you have to fuck up. And so the fact that he's just like purposely or whoever's like purposely doing that is fucking genius. Like that's so dope. Already and now they're just messing around with it, which is exactly yeah. And then it'll like go from that scream into like nice little licks on it, and I'm like, okay, that's that's actually pretty baller. But goddamn, dude, I'm so glad you brought this up. 
Yeah. Yeah, great pick. Thank you. Thank you guys yeah. for liking it. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> that was the self-titled Kokoroko EP, which was Jake's pick for this week. Uh, let's dive into Matt's. Yes, let's do it. What do you got for us, Mike? Uh, we're going back to 1980. I said 1979 when I introduced it last week. That is incorrect. It came out in 1980, recorded in 79. Uh, Bajas in the flat field. The inappropriate album cover that we've been all waiting for. There. In a crucifixation ecstasy, I am cross-checked in agony. Stick for to bleed continuously, holding hands and feet and Yeah. Hee hee. Yeah. Uh, there's the inner, the inner sleeve too, which is kind of cool. You got. Oh, that's sick. Open. That's cool. Um, for me, I was introduced to this band uh, a while ago by a, a good friend of mine, um, who we both kind of shared a musical love for. Um, not sure how I, how he stumbled onto it, but once I heard it, um, it just hooked me. I think the first song I heard was in the flat field a live version i'm like what's going on um they toured with nine inch nails and uh, tv on the radio back in 2006 um, and they were all three on a tour together so going to that show would have been amazing and there's some live youtube videos of those three bands doing like some uh like private sessions as a as a group in front of fans like maybe 30 people and they do like baja songs tv on the radio songs nine inch nail songs together or peter murphy singing or tv on the radio or trent and they're all on stage together if you have a chance check that out on youtube really cool um they are the godfathers of goth rock a lot of people consider them to be that um this record is considered like one of the first staples of that era um and if you listen to it it is very dark it's very uh demented and very loud and in your face some songs are more accessible some are slow some are fast um it's it's just in your face for 1980 you know it was, it was different than a lot of the things before that era you were kind of getting to the electro you know you got depeche mode you got different bands like that coming out um you got the adamant sounds like that um so yeah. they kind of set themselves apart uh there was you know praise for this album there was disdain for this album a lot of negative reviews because they made it sound like a hit Black Sabbath, which is kind of a stupid reference. Yeah. Um, I so. thought um, that they just kind of set the bar for like a new sound in general, you know, kind of having those weird guitar sounds. When you look at the lead singer, Peter Murphy, he has that like Iggy Pop, David Bowie vibe. Mm -hmm. And I've seen him live twice, and he definitely represents that to a T. So I've got some more to say about it, but what do you guys think? To, to kind of touch on uh, what you were just saying about like them being the godfathers of goth rock, you know, there's like the goth movement and goth, goth culture has like so many different like subgenres attached to it. You know, like you mentioned, you know, you've got like Depeche Mode with and, and like The Cure with more electronic kind of feels to it. And, and then on the opposite side of the spectrum, you know, you have goth metal with bands like Typo Negative, you know, really representing that part of the culture. And so, and I heard of, Bauhaus 
uh, I had never listened. I had never listened to them, but I recognized the name because I'd heard people talk about it and, you know, say like, and it was usually like Depeche Mode and Cure fans being like, oh, I really like Bauhaus. And so when you brought it up, I was like, oh, it's going to sound like that. God, no. So much fucking better, dude. Like I was sitting there and I was like, this is like, and like, you can, you can kick me in the dick next time you see me. If this, if this pisses you off, but it has like such like surf rock kind of influence, like with the, with like the, like the guitar and then like early it's, it's like, it kind of, some of like the drum beats and everything really reminded me of like either early punk or like Fugazi. You know, kind of like just like the drum patterns and everything. I was like, dude, what in the hell? And then his voice is just killer over all of that. You know, you just get like the tom drum beats kicking in and then like the bass lines are just chugging. And I was like, shit, I kind of want to hear like Fugazi do like a cover album of just this whole album. That would be fucking killer. Be, but like, but fun. no, dude, this was this was phenomenal. And it kind of like because I had heard, you know, the two opposite sides of that spectrum. And this is like very much in the middle because it has the aspects of kind of both, you know, Uh so I'm very glad that you brought this up. This album fucking rules, dude. Glad you liked it. Damn. Both of you just fucking killed it. I don't know how to, <laughs> to follow up with that. <laughs> no. I, what'd you I'm like, like about it? Like, I'm like, right what, there with you guys. You like, like, it just was like... Yeah, I'm right there with you guys. Like, I, I hadn't heard anything like this. And I feel like, still, like, for something that came out, like, that long ago, in 1980s, like, it's still... I haven't listened to anything that list that sounds like this. Like I don't dive into that much rock music, especially like goth, I guess, or whatever goth rock. But I could see how this like pioneered that movement and was like massive. Um, it's insane. Like when I was listening to it, I really liked it. Um, a lot of these songs, um, specifically "Dark Entries," the first track, the fact that that's the first track, holy fuck. It's insane. It's so it's so catchy. Um, it's a staple. I feel like in their discography, um, it's crazy that even throughout the rest of the album, uh, like a god in alcove, um, that bass that bass just sounds villainous. Like it just sounds so dark and like scary, but it's so good. Uh, it is dark. You're right, man. It has that dark gloom vibe right away. Yeah, yeah, I don't know what it is about it, but it's it sounds amazing. Like it sounds really fucking wicked. Um same thing with uh Terra Couple, uh Kill Carnal. I fucking love that song. It's so catchy. It kind of sounds like indie in a way, but I don't even think that existed at that time. Like it's it's crazy how it it kind of has like I could see how it pioneered a lot of stuff and it like influenced a lot of a lot of people. So um yeah, I had heard of these guys, but never actually heard their music. And goddamn, dude, I was missing out. Like you're saying, the, the the instrumentation from all the musicians, whether it's the bass player or the guitar player, I mean, they all just have their own vibe. And Daniel Ash is the guitar player, and he has kind of a Mick Ronson, David Bowie vibe with how he plays. Um, very eclectic. Not It, it reminds me of Larry Ladon from Primus, where he's going on the off notes and playing off chords, and it sounds good. I mean, it's the same thing. He's just doing his own thing. And seeing him live on stage, when he came out, uh, when I saw him this year, he came out in like this uh, silver metal leather jacket, and he just looking like a rock star with these glasses, and he's just shredding. And to be, you know, he's not super old, but to be that old and still get on stage and rock it like that, you're just like, damn. 
he just he controlled the stage and watching them live was a treat because they play just like they sound it's fast it's furious it's in your face you know when we were all at the concert we're all sitting down and, and peter murphy comes on stage he's like you guys you get to step stand the fuck up we're gonna play and everybody just rises and he starts to show <laughs> yeah that's fucking dope and for people to be so respected and be like, all right, Peter Murphy's talking to us. Let's stand up. You know, let's go like, ahead. All right. <laughs> yeah. Get off. It, it just shows how, how much of a influence that band had on the masses and how it created subgenres and, you know, precedent for that sound needed to be in order to be accessible. And I was a fan, you know, early on and I'm glad I was introduced to them. Yeah, no, I hadn't heard of these guys, but I'm, I'm glad you brought them up. Um, and it's cool that, like, even on that, I was looking at their main page. They have a lot more songs that were also really big. Um, and this was only their first album, dude. Like, holy fuck! Their uh, first song that they did in the studio was a song called. And this is a song that when I was in a band years ago, we covered called "Bella Lugosi's Dead." Very simple song. Um, if you guys have the chance, check that out. That's a great name for a song oh it's an epic <laughs> song it's like nine minutes it's ridiculous let's, it is great let's go. yeah <laughs> dope ass name and it's tool and, and length once you, hear, once you hear that song you're like yeah these guys are goth this is yeah this is <laughs> and it's such a simple song that's why we covered it and it's fun to sing and it's got great simple lyrics and it's it's very dark and fun yeah fuck yeah, yeah. that's really cool yeah, i'm i'm glad you brought this up heck yeah i'm glad you guys enjoyed it a little bit hell yeah, yeah. I, I really liked, um, yeah, the baseline on a God in an alcove. Like, it's fucking insane. Fucking insane, dude. Um, it's subtle, but it's there. Like, you hear it, you always hear it in the background. Um, Stigmata uh, Martyr. Another great baseline. Holy Yeah, cow. another great bass. And it sounds a lot more metal. I don't know if that's just me. Yep. Correct me if I'm wrong, but it sounds really fucking cool and really badass. Um, this whole album, man, it's fucking crazy. It's, it has that very dark feel to it, especially the album cover. It's just black and white. Um, and it feels very, very godly, very. <laughs> the, pose yeah. good. Good. the pose, yeah, that nailed it. You just take your shirt off, Dorian, please. <laughs> just, just, dig, That's all That's all. <laughs> just do the just do the Buffalo Bill and tuck it with a shirt. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But as me. I fuck me. I fuck me. God damn it. Great big fat person. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. I gotta watch that movie again. Uh, where did uh where did you manage to score this? Uh, I had to special order it. I uh contacted House I went to House of Records and asked him about it and talked to the owner Greg and he's like, well, it's on back order, but I'll see what I can do. And I'm like, okay, that means no, I guess. And then a month later he calls me, he's like, Oh, I got it. Twenty five bucks. I'm like, Really? I'm like, cool. Dude. Well, yeah. 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 No, this is one that I'm. This is one that I'm kind of inter- that I'm actually pretty interested in getting, yeah. uh, because it's just you can tell. Like you guys had said, you know, you can tell that it's just such a staple for a whole era of music, and it spawned like a whole subgenre, and you know, really gave a lot of bands kind of like a, a foundation to build off from and go into, you know. So there's a few, there's a very few vocalists that I like put my on my top list, whether it's Jeff Buckley or you know other artists like that. But Peter Murphy's voice for me, like when I hear it and he hits those those high notes, like it just does something to me where it, I I have a huge respect for him and what he's done and how he carries himself and 
just gives it all out there. You know, it's very unique. And he wasn't really a, a lead man when this band formed. He wasn't into being a singer. Right. He's kind of shy. And then you look at him now, and he's like, he commands the stage. And it's, it's, it's fun to see. It's fun to watch. Yeah. If you guys ever have the chance, there's a live concert called Gotham, like Batman Gotham, where it's it's on YouTube, I think. And you watch that, and you're like, God damn. Yeah. Are, are good at what they do. And I think part of, like, because I agree with you on, on his vocal style is very fucking cool. And I think what kind of, he kind of, it's, when he's singing, it's almost like commanding, you know? Like, it's very, like, ah, ah, like, and it's like, where are they, are they from Britain, or? Yep. Okay, because I was about to say, he's got, like, some type of accent that bleeds through, but whenever he's singing, the way he's delivering it, it sounds like a command, almost. Like, he's just, he's just fucking it. He's just like, you know what? I'm going to deliver the hell out of this song. And it just sounds like commanding a march or something. I don't know. Weird analogy, but I can't, no, I can't figure out. I'll piggyback off that. Cause I, before I saw Bajas as a, a band, I saw Peter Murphy live maybe seven, eight years ago up in Portland. And he started the show off. And at one point, you know, when the first couple songs, he couldn't hear himself. And so he was bitching about it. And he basically walked off the stage and said, fuck you to everybody. And so we're all sitting there like what and so people are booing and yelling and you know 15 minutes later he comes back on apologizes and then goes into a cover of hurt by nine inch nails and just destroys it and then does a great show after that but at first i was like are we gonna leave now what the hell's going on but <laughs> i think he's so specific and particular about how his vocal sounds if he can't hear himself he doesn't mm-hmm. want to be on stage he wants to make sure it sounds good so i you know after the show i kind of respected that at yeah. the time I didn't. That's dope. That's true. Crash top three. Uh, we'll go with honorable mention. Dark entries from the album. The way it starts off, it's just a great mm-hmm. banger. Uh, number three in the flat field. Uh, number two, a god in an alcove, and then number one is Stigmata Marcher. I just love that bass line and the lyrics. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll I'll go next. Uh, honorable mention for me was in the flat field. That almost made my top three. I I just love that. And then number three was Dive. I really liked that guitar intro on it. That intro riff was nice. Number two was Stigmata Martyr. And then number one was Dark Entries, because that album, or that song to start off the album, I just thought was too good. I was like, God damn, all right, we're in for it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that, that's a fucking killer intro to an album. Like, it's, I haven't, there's some songs that'll just catch your attention, like, instantly, and that's one of them. It's fucking insane. That's in my top three for sure. Um, I wanted to bring this up to uh, uh, St. Vita's Dance. Um, that's also a really good song. Um, really cool song. Um, but if I'm going top 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 three, definitely Dark Entries. Um, I got it in an alcove. Um, and then my favorite is probably Terror Couple, uh, Kill Carno. It's, I don't know. It's so catchy. It's so catchy. Um, and they made like a second song of it, but it just sounds like it slowed down more. Um, it's just titled Version. I don't know if that's like a... Okay. I don't know if that's uh, just like a like a deluxe version or if it's just a slowed down or whatever, but um, yeah, that's just my, that's my favorite song because it's so catchy and it feels indie. I don't know why. It, it listens... It sounds like an indie track too. It's weird. Yeah, a little bit. But this album oh, is fucking fantastic. Nice. Great to be. Great to pick. Great pick. Um, 
let's introduce the outcast picks but i should we tell the people what we're doing for episode 40 at the same time let's do it 40 was it okay episode 40 40 the next artist day we we can wait on that we can wait on that yeah we'll wait we'll wait about five episodes okay but anyways that was in the flat field by bahas which was matt's pick for this week um Let's go ahead and tell the people what we're bringing up next week for Outcast Day. I do not own this album yet. Probably will within the next couple of days. Uh, but my Outcast pick for episode 30 is going to be Stank Onya. Uh, one of, probably my favorite album by them. I've been listening to it for a long-ass time. I am very excited to talk about it. But, uh, Jacob, what about you? Yeah, dude, I'm so torn because... I really wanted to play or pick a Southern playlist of Cadillac music. I fucking love that album. In fact, that's that's a, their debut album. Insane. They've got, so many, they've got so many other people on that album too. It's, yeah. Yeah. Right. That, I wanted to do Speaker Box. Yeah, that that album too, dude. A lot of their albums so fucking good. But if we're talking about Out, Outcast, we have to talk about AT Aliens. Um, so that's my pick. I don't own it. I. It's one of those albums that I'm like, oh, this is too expensive. It'll go down. Never goes down. It's <laughs> it's really expensive. They just make like a deluxe version of it, yeah. Yeah, they'll just make a deluxe version and charge you an extra hundred bucks for it. But, <laughs> yep. but yeah, AT Aliens, outcast. Nice. I'm going to go with uh, you and I. It's Equemini for my pick. Uh, there's, yeah. I mean, we're going to tell all about it when we do this, but all the tracks on all the albums we, we picked are great. You know, outcast, yeah. hip hop, and one of the greatest hip-hop duos of all time in my in my opinion yeah i'm so stoked to uh to get to talk about some outcast uh but this has been episode 29 of what you spin in uh next week is episode 30 uh we will catch y'all later